Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our seniors minister, Jack Hall, as he brings today's lesson. I very much appreciate the class that Brian Mackinnon has been teaching on Sunday morning about leadership and the characteristics of leadership. I also appreciate what Mike is doing on the Wednesday night class, talking about things that hold us back in our service to the Lord. This morning, I'd like to touch on both of those subjects, looking at Naaman the leper. It's a very familiar story. We've heard it preached and we've read it hundreds and hundreds of times. But we notice two things. Naaman was a great leader. And one of the things that caused him or allowed him to be a great leader is he was a man of humility. Now, we don't often think about that when we tell the story. Most often we tell the story from the standpoint of obedience, how Naaman had to obey the words of God. And when he did, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Now, that's a good lesson. And it needs to be taught because we certainly have to obey the words of God. But I want to look at Naaman in a little different picture today. The Bible says that Naaman was a mighty man of valor. He was the king's right arm. He led the army victory after victory. He was a man of great reputation. He was looked upon because of his success, and he had the total confidence of the king. But Naaman has leprosy, a dreaded, uncurable disease. The little handmaiden that had been brought to Syria during one of the raids who is working in Naaman's household, somehow God reveals to her that there is a prophet in Samaria that can cure leprosy. We often talk about how did the little girl know that there was a prophet who could cure leprosy. And the obvious thing is, well, she is from there originally and she probably saw one of God's people cleanse leprosy. But that's not the case. In the book of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 27, it says that in the days of Naaman, there were many prophets in Samaria, many lepers, I'm sorry, in Samaria, but none were cleansed except Naaman. So the little girl had never seen leprosy healed. Yet somehow God revealed to her that there was a prophet who could heal leprosy. She tells Naaman's wife, and Naaman's wife tells him. And here we have an example of the humility of Naaman. He listens and trusts and humbles himself to this little child. 
a child who is telling what appears to be an unbelievable story. And yet Naaman, who is a man of valor, a man of strength, a man of great position, he humbles himself, puts the child above himself, showing that part of his leadership skills was the fact that he could listen, that he would take advice. And so he humbles himself to this child and he believes what she says. You know, we need to have that characteristic in our life. We need to be people of humility. Jesus Christ talks about humility a lot. In the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about going the second mile. He talks about turning the other cheek. We read many places in Scripture, Romans chapter 12 and verse 16, that we are to associate with the humble. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4 and verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Here is Naaman, and he humbles himself before this child, and he listens and believes what appears to be an unbelievable story. The next thing that Naaman does to show his humility, he humbles himself before his own king. Remember who Naaman is. He's the king's right arm. He's the ruler of all of the armies of that country. He's a man of position, a man whom the king respects and admires and depends on. You know, when Naaman goes to that king with this unbelievable story, which comes from a child, he could have been ridiculed by the king. There was every chance that the king would look at Naaman and say, Naaman, have you lost your mind? I've always depended on you. I've always counted on you to do the right thing and to be victorious. And now you come to me with this ridiculous story about somebody who could cure leprosy. That could have been the king's response, but it wasn't. When Naaman humbled himself before the king, shared with him the story about the handmaiden and the prophet of God, the king, out of respect, allowed Naaman to travel to Samaria to try and find this prophet. Only a man of great confidence only a man who knew that he had the ear of the king would dare go to the king with such a tale. But Naaman is a man who can humble himself and listen to advice. The Bible says that the king not only gave him a letter that recommended him, but he gave him great wealth to take and to give to whomever it was that can cure his leprosy. 
So Naaman makes this long journey, and he finally gets there, and he goes to the king of Israel. Now remember, Naaman, as the commander of the Syrian army, has been to Israel. That's where this little handmaiden come from. And when he was in Israel before, he left there as a conquering hero. A man who took spoils back to his own king. But what's he doing now? He's going to this defeated king with his hat in his hand. Humbled that he has to ask this king who is really nothing in the sight of the Syrian people and the Syrian army, someone who is inferior in power, he has to go to this king and ask about this prophet. Again, showing himself to be a man of humility. The king, of course, doesn't know what Naaman is talking about. The king doesn't know about Elisha, the prophet who can cure leprosy. He thinks Naaman is there to declare war when he can't present someone that can cure leprosy. And so the king rends his clothes. He is very upset. And he tells Naaman that he doesn't know how to cure leprosy. Somebody comes to Naaman with how to find the prophet. He goes to the prophet's house, Elisha. Elisha sends his servant out. He doesn't even come himself. And once again, Naaman has to humble himself before this complete stranger. Nothing more than a servant. And he asks about the curing of his leprosy. And this servant tells Naaman, of course, from the word of God to go to the river Jordan to dip seven times and his leprosy would be cleansed. Now, right here we see the difference in humility and not having humility. Up until now, Naaman has done very well. He humbled himself before the child. He humbled himself before his own king. He humbled himself before the king who is his enemy. And he has humbled himself to this lowly servant. But when he hears what he is supposed to do, he loses that humility. The Bible talks about how angry he was and how he made fun of the Jordan River and that we have rivers back in our country that are far cleaner than these. And if all I had to do was to dip seven times, I could have done that there, not make this trip. And he absolutely loses all Humility, anger, wrath, bitterness. But his own servants 
give him some time. And then they go to this mighty warrior. And they tell him, Master, if you had been told to do something great, would you not have done that? And he acknowledged that he would. And they said, well, why not do this thing that is so simple? And now once again, his humility is displayed. You know, he is the commander of the Syrian army. He is a man of authority, a man of power, a man close to the king. How dare these lowly servants come and speak to their master in that way? They could have been beheaded. In all likelihood, another person would have been so angry at them that he would have destroyed them. But Naaman, once again, shows his humility. And he listens to his own servants. He dips himself seven times in the Jordan River. And the Bible says that when he came out of that water, that he had the skin of a child. You see the difference in humility and not being humble? With humility, there comes reasoning. There comes the understanding of, does it make sense? Without that humility, there is anger. I want to do it my way. This isn't what I expected. And you and I need to learn the lesson. We're all servants of God. But even as servants, we are leaders for God. And one of the characteristics that we need to develop as leaders is the attitude of humility. And that's what Naaman shows here. He finally humbles himself to his own servants. He obeys the commands of God and his leprosy is cleansed. In verses 13 and 14 of this story, once again, Naaman has shown his humility. But here's the greatest display of humility at all, of all. Look at chapter 5 and verse 15. When Naaman returns, wanting once again to give this treasure to the prophet Elisha, and we know, of course, that he didn't want it. We know how Gehazi, his servant, came and took the reward and later was punished because of it, and he himself became a leper. But when the things have unfolded like they were, when Naaman has humbled himself to the point of finally having his leprosy cleansed by doing the will of God, he says this in chapter 15, or verse 15. I now 
no. There is no other God except the God of Israel. Now you and I read that and we understand why Naaman would believe this. But if we were there in real time, what is Naaman's religious background? Well, he's a pagan. If he worships at all, it's gods made by human hands. Gods that are false, who are not real. He doesn't know about the God of heaven. But now that he has humbled himself to the child, gone before his own king and humbled himself there, gone to the enemy, the king, and humbled himself there, went to the stranger, a person that he had never met, who was not even the prophet, and then finally listening to his own servants, and the leprosy is cleansed. This pagan, this man who does not know God, says, I now know that there is no other God except the God of Israel. He has bowed himself humbly before the almighty God. And that's what you and I need to do. If we are not yet leaders in the church, and the leadership idea has been explained very thoroughly in the classes that I mentioned. The very fact that we are God's children with different talents, we all lead in different ways. But whatever our leadership capacity may be, it will be strengthened if we show humility. I encourage our listeners today, if you have never listened to God, I suggest that now is the time. Naaman was looking for the cure of leprosy. You and I should be looking for the cure of sin. And that cure, of course, is the word of God, the gospel the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Son of God. And I encourage everyone within the sound of my voice, believe that Jesus is the Christ. Humble yourself and believe that fact that is so proven over and over and over in Scripture. Once you hear what he says, believe it. Listen to the gospel. That gospel would cause you to turn away from your sins through repentance. It would cause one to humble himself before God by acknowledging that Jesus is the Christ. And then humbling ourselves before God by being buried in the waters of baptism. Where like Naaman... In a physical sense, we arise in a spiritual sense cleansed of our sins.
Please consider today the humility of Naaman and what that will do in your Christian life and what that will do helping you to seek and to find Almighty God. I'm going to have a prayer, then we're going to have a song, and I have an announcement, and then Phil will close us with the rest of the announcements. Would you bow with me in prayer? God, we thank you for the story of Naaman. We thank you that we can learn so much from a story that was told so long ago. We want to be leaders. We understand that humility is important. Help us, God, to demonstrate that in every area of our life. Help those who are still outside the body of Christ to think seriously about humbling themselves before God and not man. Doing the will of God and becoming a Christian through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful, dear God, for the technology that we have today. We're thankful that people all over the world can listen and watch. And we thank you for those here who make that possible with their skill and dedication. We thank you, God, for our elders who are leading us through this pandemic, for their discussions about how we can come back together. But in the meantime, help us, God, to love you, to worship you, to stay in touch with one another. And finally, when we can come back to the building, that it will be with great love and respect and dedication and humility. We pray this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.